Good evening, listeners. Thank you, as always, for listening. You know what that sound indicates. That is the Fifth Ward Wildcat, INKG, and you're listening to another KG, the Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. We're going to get right into it. Busy week to discuss things that happened in the world of sports. Gentlemen, how are we? We're doing just fine today. We're doing just fine. Young man, we watched some basketball yesterday, both men's and women's and over at the U of H. Um, it'll be interesting. Season-wise. Indeed. Doc, how, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Just getting back in town. I traveled to Baltimore last week to present a paper, so I'm back into the groove so now. So that's two weeks in a row. Doc has been traveling around, displaying his knowledge and sharing it with the world. Sharing his letters. And now he's sharing his letters with you, the listeners, on this podcast. Thank you, as always. Doc, let's get right into it. What's on your brain, sir? Basically, a close of the season for the Texas Southern Tigers, uh, one that they would rather forget. Two and nine overall, two and seven in the conference race. But when you look at it, uh, when you look at the fact they were coming off the penalties, uh, all those scholarships really fed into what happened. So to get the two wins uh, really was solid. They lost uh, a MEAC SWAC challenge. It's the second loss in terms of a MEAC SWAC challenge for the SWAC this year. So it lets you know that the MEAC continues to hold an edge. They played the Howard Bison, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I was in Baltimore, the greater Washington, D.C., Area and they were down here. Uh, Howard improved to five and six, three and four. They finish out their season next week as they try to pull to 500. And when you look at Texas Southern, to give you a little backdrop of that game, Howard put up total of 458 total yards, while Texas put it up 351. That was 205 passing for Howard, 132 for the Tigers. Kind of let you know the backdrop. Really, the big part of that game was six turnovers. Uh, you know, no matter what level of sports you play at or what division, uh, it's difficult to win a game with six turnovers. That was three interceptions and three uh, fumbles lost. So that lets you know just the tight part of that game. Still having problems on the penalty, five uh, penalties for 60 total yards to kind of give you a backdrop. So we'll see how they do in the season. They will get to do the spring training that they didn't get to do last year. So we'll see if that helps as they're still under those uh, probation. They will be eligible for a championship next year, but I'm not sure they'll be in a position to play for it. On the other end, when we go on the other side of uh, Houston, down 290, if you would, you have the Prairie and the Panthers. I'm sure they disappointed as they were looking at the season where they were chasing the championship early, and they never really recovered from that uh, come-from-behind victory for the Southern Jaguars. They were chasing them all season long and just could not get it quite done. Defensive side of the ball really let them down. They've scored over 35 points a game, and most times you do that, you're well on your way to a winning season, and they play Pine Buff next year, next week at home to close off the season to see if they can just get to 500. So that'll be something to look at and make sure they're above 500 in conference play, sitting at 5-6 and six overall and 4-4 four and four in the conference race to give you a framework. They played Abilene Christian, which is the new member of the Southlands, again, the greater uh, Houston area program that is on the rise and they made a statement in their game putting up 65 points uh, beating Prairie View Panthers at home that game was in Pantherland uh, 65 to 45 as we go outside of that as you talk about some of those Olympic type sports one thing that the Panther alums and fans and friends did get to cheer down there is they opened up the fact that they started doing um, renovations to the baseball field so that was a big Thank you. Yeah, actually, we'll be state of art 
uh, really nice where you get the brick facade look that many ballparks are going to, obviously at the professional level and now trickling down to the college level, BCS program, something like uh, Reckling Park on a smaller scale, obviously uh, what you see with the uh, Astros. So it'll be nice and a sight to be seen, so it should help them on the recruiting. They've done really good job in terms of the baseball program, uh, winning SWAC championships, going to the NCAA tournament over the last 10 years when that program has pretty much disappeared, but they're back on the landscape, so this should help them maintain it. But back in terms of the football, as we close out on the HBCU landscape in general from a regional standpoint, Prairie View uh, continues to put up big yards on offense. They did 572 yards, but Defense is where they really hurt themselves. They gave up 692 yards, nearly 700 yards, which is crazy, including 485 passing. They passed them up the middle. The middle of the field just was open, couldn't really make tackles. Uh, didn't have any turnovers, but um, they moved the ball up and down the field, but they couldn't put up the points as much as you've seen and keep up with Abilene Christian, which uh, was disappointing for the fans there. Um and kind of allow you know they were balanced on offense, put them 290 yards versus 282 rushing. With that, uh, you had a career night uh, with a um, wide receiver that broke some records there, and we'll get that information to you to kind of let you know what's going on in that framework. Doc, yeah. uh, the one thing I will add about PV adding, you know, redoing their uh, baseball field, it will definitely help them in recruiting business basically because the high schools now will have a regional baseball venue close by that they can use instead of coming all the way to the Houston area or going all the way to Carter Station. Brenham, which is right there, Waller, they can just use the uh, they can use the facility at, at Prairie View, which I hope the uh, minds that be and the people in charge understand what that venue will, will bring to them as far as recruits, not just from the immediate area, but from as far as Austin, Dallas, um, it'll, it'll help more with the uh, Texas recruits and all in that area, especially around Belleville. Um, My dog, we're talking some baseball on this podcast. Ain't that something? Because I'm going to add to it right now and talk about I my Cougars. I tell you what, that, that HISD guy that's in charge of it right, I can't wait for him. Because the, the Cougars uh, announced that they're going to add, going to turf. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, matter of fact, they're in the process of so doing they're that. they're digging it up that. and they're, doing, they're putting that together now and should be ready for it in time for the 14th season. And they raised some money from uh, two, uh, basically, alum foundation, dugout club. And Good baseball alum. Raised, I want to say, $2 million for, for this. I don't even know about these organizations on baseball side, fundraising, until this press release came out. And I'm glad to hear it. That means that means we have alums that are doing things, being they proactive, care. and they care. That's the key care. right there on the baseball side. I'm not sure we had the same thing on the basketball side. I know we got it on the football side, of course. Cook Pride is an overall overall thing. I mean, human beings, I'm not trying to be, you know, No, that's true. Fighting. That's true. But uh, Cook Pride is oversees all the athletics, but baseball specifically has two groups to get things done for that specific sport. That's a good thing because if you don't help yourself, who's going to help you? And, I, and you it's know also what? unique about baseball because it's one of those programs, uh, particularly when you look at the Olympic sports, some you see that track and field, but. Youth baseball, you tend to see families that understand baseball, so they kind of follow it early. So you see people that get involved from whether it's the fathers or the mothers that understand to cultivate that. So you do find benefactors that uniquely support the baseball uh, and, and as I'm, they grow up. In and I'm glad you all mentioned it 
they're baseball alumni, you know, help yourself if nobody else will. That still brings us back to that school up on I-20, Grambling. That's what it was attempted to be done there, but powers that be couldn't see it that way, and that's where they are now. And that that became personal can, and petty. And, so, and, right, because right, right, they've turned around. It goes back to our point now that we were trying to stress to people that, that didn't quite understand it. If you di- don't help yourself, nobody else will. Because but I, th- I think you have to be careful because those people, there was a large group that did want to help them. In fact, they actually got in trouble for helping them because they didn't send the money through the president. Part of the financial concerns there was that the money that they used to redo the weight room, you know, if we go back and look at that, remember, was Friends of Football. Well, because it wasn't sanctioned, if you would, through the president's eyes, that the money that they sent in, he got upset and froze that account, basically. So we got to be careful in terms of making sure that we illustrate what was going on. So it was the friends that were taking care of business, but the president didn't like the setup and how they were answering the Doug and not to him. Right. And real quick, uh, baseball will have the AstroTurf added to the to the stadium, joining schools like Louisville, Vanderbilt, Texas on the 40 acres, Wichita State, and Oregon is one of the handful of programs in college baseball to have the turf. That's a good thing for the program, and Coach Whitting, Whitting is Todd Whitting is doing a good job restoring baseball right. to its place. And now that they're going to get away from losing to the Owls twenty times a year, things <laughs> should be better. Um, well, this, this, well, this, seriously, this. Rice baseball is where U of A baseball wants to be. That's true, and where U of A baseball for a brief period used to be. Right, and that, I mean Coach Noble. You know, Rainer got just blasted. They lost. Up. What the, the final straw was his last year at U of A, and they lost. Nothing, was, was it thirty six nothing? Was it like thirty six nothing? Something. That's the, the score. And during one term, game now, during the tournament, they didn't compete. And and it, I can't say that he lost the team, but I will say this: he lost the, the team. The, the guys competed only to a level of. One, two, three uh, innings. You know, they get to, to a certain amount of innings and just said, that's it. You nice. You Luther yeah. you, you, you lost, lost the team. team. He lost, he lost and the, the team was not competing. He lost the coaches in the area. He everything. Everything. No, no, no. When he lost, it's, it's, when he lost There's the There's a whole coach. bunch of stories about things he said to players and about Cougar legends, baseball legends, that pissed off a lot of folks. He yeah. burned a lot of bridges. And that's, that's what and, he did. And that's, he burned bridges. And that's, I, I will, I, he, burned, I, I will. he burned bridges there. So and, and you can't burn, burn bridges with high school coaches on any level in any sport because that's your lifeblood. That that's that's what keeps you going. We've seen it happen yeah. before. And oh yeah, it'll continue to happen. Because some football. people just can't do that. One thing I do want to add before we sure, get into ahead. some other football is I kind of made mention to a record being broken. That was Prairie View's wide receiver to let you know how prolific they were in terms of the offensive scheme and. Uh, Previa A&M's uh, DeAndre Cooper wide receiver broke Otis Taylor's receiving record. It stood Whoa. from all the time. Oh, yeah. oh, Ralph Cooper oh, 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 that just, oh man. Uh, did he, did he, and he did still he. has a game to play. Uh, that was wow. uh, oh. 1,015 yards. Uh, so kudos to DeAndre Cooper for getting that done. Oh, how did this? That's an that, old, uh, old record right there. That, that's a long. That's a long time for that record to be standing. Yeah. It's considering what's what's been done. It oh, just yeah. tells you the testament 
to Otis Taylor, and it also tells you the depths that Prairie View right, team had yeah. went through. But I think it even gives you more credit to Otis Taylor because they were playing less games at oh, that yeah. time and weren't really throwing the ball. So he, I mean, him to do that. That's 50 years. Yeah, a little more than a little, little more than 50 years. So, yeah, that's, that's a long time for that record. Okay, the right styles. Beat down La Tech in football. Let's and talk about that. Okay. I don't want to dwell on my Cougars losing Louisville, although they Man. played hard. Didn't do much in the second half offensively, but go ahead. Speaking of, today was a emotional day for everybody involved at uh, Coach's Luncheon this afternoon. Um, as everybody knows, uh, uh, Coach Bader lost his dad the other week. And uh, the guys dedicated the game to him. They basically told him, and uh, and this came out to every player that came up to the podium this morning, uh, and Coach Baylor mentioned it himself. But they, the the fellas, uh, basically gave it all for him and his dad because they, the, his Coach Baylor's dad had been to every game that he had uh, coached while at Rice. He sat in the stands uh, after he wasn't able to stand out on the sidelines and, and watch the game. And it was just an emotional day. It was an emotional weekend. And those guys just went out and just got it done basically for their coach, their team. And they weren't concerned with what La Tech was doing. It was more of, we're going to get this done today. We don't care how we get it done. Nobody better not be whining or crying. The seniors took over their squad this weekend, and they just – they ran over La Tech. They just, just molded, 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 and, and literally ran over La Tech. Charles, Big Ross, Charles Ross, the, the five big, touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. And I'm gonna tell you, the big fella when he, gets, when he gets rolling and gets it in his bind to roll, you're in trouble. Point, point. Oh, you know, truthfully, when he got injured in the what first, late first quarter, second quarter against U of A, right. The game, the game changed. The game changed right there. Because they were forced to throw instead of just put instead of bouncing it out. And this this year, you can, people can say what they want to. This group grew up together. This is part of uh, uh, Coach Baylor's first early uh, recruiting. Uh, this senior group is part of his early uh, recruiting crew, and those guys came in with a vision. And now it's about getting the job done. Taking care of business in the classroom, taking care of business out on the field, and moving on. That's where they are now. And yeah. you know they, they've gone to back-to-back bowls. Now they still have their destiny in their hands as far as getting a conference championship, or getting that, that that game. You know something has to fall in in the place and all this this weekend. But as far as those kids are concerned, their eyes are still on the prize. And it's been a while since that has been on that campus uh, with a dedication from the football program that we're going to get this done in spite of, no matter what folks talk say about us. And, and I like what I saw this morning. And for his efforts, you named Conference USA Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Should have. That was no doubt. Uh, and even I was kicker, Chris Boswell's first team Player of the Week. So yeah, I was doing things on multiple sides of the, of, of the football. They played, what, UAB Thursday? Yes. It's short week. Um, Coach mentioned, you know, these quick tunnels. He said we had this long layoff. Now we got two games back to back, short turnaround, but we'll have extended um, uh, days off till the next, uh, till the following Saturday, and then it, it, and it's, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it'll be against um, Tulane. 
to be the final game of the season. And that game, the game will most likely, if nothing else happens, and Rice pulls these next two games out, they will finish number three in Conference USA and get the number three spot, number three bowl spot. Uh, that's guaranteed. And it looks like they'll be headed off to Hawaii, hopefully. Uh, everybody wants to go everywhere. And one of our colleagues is hoping he's able to cover the, the bowl in Hawaii. <laughs> he he is on his bended knees every day, he said. He sure is. <laughs> Uh, and which I don't blame him because he says he's never been and he he wants to go. And I told him, I said, have fun. Have fun. But, uh, you know, the touchdown, the Cougars lost to Louisville 20 to 13. So that's back to back. I didn't get a chance to see the games and I hadn't watched the highlights. So, oh, I was at the Rockets. So I was keeping up with it via Twitter as best I could. So I, I didn't, you know, the offense bogged down. I think I only got 46 yards offense in the second half. Um, which, is unlike the Cougars. Right. And really, the defense, Teddy Bridgewater for Louisville's quarterback, Heisman candidate throughout the year, Louisville going to score at 20 points. If you'd have told me Louisville going to score 20 points against U of A defense and the Cougars still lose, I would have believed. Because I really would have thought the Cougars at least score 20, 21. Mm-hmm. 21, 24, but 13. That's, that's you know, it's a tough loss. The Cougars have, they've lost three games this year by a combined 13 points. So they're, they're that they're that close to, to being undefeated, right? But and they're still far enough away to have three losses. So it is what it is. But kudos to the team because I was you know Louisville at Louisville, they played well. They surprised me. I really thought they would just blown off the field, honestly. But uh, they played well. So it's a kudos to the young team because the team the team is majority is uh, sophomores and freshmen. So the future is bright. And you know, last season I thought the future was just dismal and. Coastal Dean was in over his head as head coach. He's turned things around recruiting-wise, and things seem promising for them. They play Cincinnati uh, this Saturday, 11 o'clock, at BBVA Conference Stadium. It's going to be a tough game. Cincinnati has a good team as well. So hopefully they can, they can right the ship in the, the, the two-game losing streak, playing Bearcats this Saturday, and then they play SMU on the 29th. That's uh, Friday, right? They, yeah. It's Thanksgiving Friday. That's 11 o'clock. That game is Nye Reliant. I think initially, which yeah. one was one of those two? Okay, was, the, the, was the, the, the Cincinnati game, which was originally scheduled for Rice, it, it got it got moved to BBVA, uh, and the site for SMU is ori- was originally and will be at um, Reliant. Uh, Reliant. The only thing is, both games will change as far as time starts. Both at eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock. Uh, other than TV. that, everything else is, is you know it's, they are who they are. The SMU game would basically be back and forth, shootout. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> I, it, it, it's, that's just what they do. It's, yeah, it's action. You it, know, you know, it's, it's entertaining. Turn the quarterback loose and, and see if you can, your guy can outthrow my guy. That's it. And let me ask you this. I heard this. I don't know if this is, this is accurate, Wildcat. But is it true that Rice would not have allowed U of to use a locker room if the game was at Rice Stadium? Is that correct? I'm gonna get 30 minutes of silence, 30 seconds of silence, and then I'm gonna answer this question. So your silence is a, your silence is my answer. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> so okay. <laughs> is that how they do things there? Is that customary? I, I, or is that just because they don't like U of H? Is it personal? I mean, I don't, I don't I, that, know. That, that, I, don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know, you know. I mean, that's what I saw on Twitter. That one of the reasons was 
they weren't going to let me. And I didn't use ask. I, 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 nobody gave a comment when it was asked. I know all, and, oftentimes, and, and that is a customary thing. But usually, what you find out is places that do that. There's usually at least three locker rooms, so you can still. One is usually the men's, one is women's, and one is a visitor type locker room. So you allow the visitors locker room right. to do that. But if they only have two. And that's all they have. Then that yeah. makes it more difficult because you still had a tradition of not letting your person use the locker room. But then we're going to have to change the locker room. So basically you're saying we can't use the facility. Right. And see, another thing, too, when you just got two locker rooms, this is the other thing you, you work with because uh, I've noticed it since being uh, doing this for a while. When it's your locker room, your you, you now security being what it is, you have to staff a person at the door all the time. Um, that you, an extra person at each one of the doors because of the security code, pass codes are getting in and out of the locker room. You know, because we've all found out, especially at basketball games and in some of these arenas, not here in town, thank God, not even in, in the state, at the other two arenas, uh, San Antonio and Dallas, where visit locker rooms have been, uh, compromised during a game, either in the first half or the second half, and the players have, have lost items. And it wasn't because cables and all going back, you know, TV cables going in and out of the room. Because somebody was able to, get, to walk in uh, from some part of the other part of the building, pick up what they need to pick up, and then leave. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, this, that doesn't happen, you know, in a, in the time future. Uh, but things, you know, times being what they what they are these days, people are kind of sensitive about their uh, about their security and their passcodes and stuff. Yeah, I think it's serious like that. It does still seem odd just from the relationship that goes back and forth. Oh, the relationship. But oftentimes it's more of yeah, a, I can tell you, the relationship ain't that good. Yeah, oftentimes <laughs> oh, it's more yeah, of a Very true. Thing. It ain't yeah. that good. I'm saying it's just like that, folks. Country, it just ain't that good. Wildcat, how can folks find you, sir? They can find me online at Twitter, Blogger, at YouTube, and at com online. College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, you can find me on all the Twitter, social media platforms, I should say. That's tw- Twitter, Facebook, as well as Instagram at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also find me on Internet in regards to college sporting news for a Thursday report during the football season. In terms of release of the poll. You can see that on com. And this week, uh, the change in the number one seating last week uh, was one of the hottest topics on there in terms of the trending uh, reports. To let you know that. You can also find me at tspnsports.com. For those that want direct information, you can email me at kcaville at thg-agency.com. In regards to particularly HBCU sports and just sports in general, the business side. And I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. My website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com. I have a men's and women's hoops blogs. Keep those links on the main page of the site, or it's just clearly uh, men's, women's hoops. Houston Round Ball Review blog, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, on yesterday. On Twitter. Hold on, so you interrupted my steal, my man. You, you move kind of slow there, Bubba. I'm at uh, THEHR Review. Uh, men's hoops blog dot dhrr dot com, women's hoops blog dot dhrr dot com, on YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review channel, Facebook fan page, and I'm going to toss it out there for the listeners. Just look for it. 
in the near future, hopefully, we're, we're working on something I think you'll like regarding Facebook. So just keep listening to our podcast for that. I'm also on Instagram at Houston Round Ball Review. Picking up followers there for my photos from my Rocket basketball games. What are you going to say, sir? On yesterday, you and I watched the women's and men's basketball uh, over at University of Houston. Uh, the men are playing in the Progressive Legends, Legends Classic, Classic uh, in the regional rounds right now. And they played Lehigh. Pretty good, interesting game. You know, Coach talked to the talk post game about the flatness of the squad, you know, coming out of the locker room. Flat as a pancake was Coach Dickey's quote. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, uh, and then we watched in the women's, the women's game, uh, they played uh, Texas A&M uh, Aggies, and Coach Blair basically yeah, said. Stop, stop, stop right there. Because oh, I, I, I want to get a little details in this. The men came back and won. Right. 80-66. They were down 64 63 with 407 left. They ended the game with a 17-2 run. Thanks to LJ Rose, who I have been critical of a little bit, saying that he peaked in high school uh, at West Bay Christian. He played well Sunday. He did, he did a good job leading the team. He he basically had a one four seven shot clock winding down. He found teammate Gerard Stiggers who nailed a three-point shot. His only three-point bucket he made all game long. He was 0 for 7 before he made the three-point shot, and some of them were even close. Uh, LJ, Daniel House, and Tayshawn Thomas all said after the game they have complete confidence in Gerard to take and make the shots come money time, and that's what he did. So kudos to uh, the Cougars winning that game and proved the 4-0. They host Howard on Thursday as the second part of the Legends Classic. I'm not going to say the title sponsor too much because they're not paying us any money to say title sponsor. You already mentioned it one time, but it's the Legends Classic with a sponsor before Legends Classic. But Tayshawn Thomas, for his efforts, was named Player of the Week in the American Athletic Conference today. Three wins last night, last week for the Cougars. He averaged 17 points, 11 rebounds, and four blocks. He had seven blocks in the game. The win up for Lehigh on Sunday. He shot 78% from the field in the three wins. Not from the foul line, from the field. So kudos to him. Um, and also appreciate the young man. And he's averaging 18 points and 10 rebounds per game in the, in the four games thus far for the Cougars. He's the only player in the American to rank among the league's top five leaders in both scoring and rebounding, and he needs only 47 points to become the 43rd player in school history to score 1,000 points in his real career. And kudos to him for retweeting a few of my tweets. So uh, I'm happy about that. Um, I started following him about a week ago, and he retweeted my tweet about the, him being named player of the week as well as video posting videos of him in house and rose appearing in that some of his his friends and family can check that out as well the wildcat also has a video also <clears throat> but kudos to that now talk about the women smart young man the women uh from u of h they lost to the aggies sunday but give them credit <laughs> i thought they would get their doors blown off by the aggies thought they lose by at least 20 points I joked with one of my friends before the game that it was going to be at least 20 point loss. He said, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. But that didn't happen. They only lost by 12, 63 to 51. Cougars only shot 30 percent. That's what they do. They just can't make shots. I mean, that's still like it is. They just can't. They really can't put the ball in the basket. But they competed. They played good defense. They switched up the zone defense. Gave the Aggies trouble. As Wildcat touched on, Coach Blair mentioned it. And, and, and speaking of that, 
and I guess this is giving away secrets too, but over a period of time, that's been. Haggis do not attack. They, they don't. Defense yeah, they, well. they just just can't. And teams, even even in their greater years, in the championship uh, year, they, they didn't do they, the job against the zone. And team, but what what got teams in trouble were they didn't stay in it. Right. They would start getting blasted. The Sydney would start knocking down. Both Sydney would start knocking down shots out on the three point line. And then when um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Neil Adams. Yeah, Lowe. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big girl. They, the, 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 their wings would start knocking down shots. Folks would get out of those zones and all, and just go to man, and they would just drive on them back, take ball down inside and all, and just and just pull away from them. You got to stay in that zone. The one thing about the SEC, it works. For, you know, whatever you, you when teams get into a, a a defensive mode, they'll stay in. Same way with their with the American. That's basketball right. conference. That's right. It's they American will get in the zone if they if it's working. They gonna stay in it. You might as well get ready now because it's gonna be a fight night night in night out. And Rutgers is definitely known for that. You know they have to play a man and all every now and then. But when they get into their zone, you gonna have problems that night. You better be knocking down shots because they're not getting out of. They're not getting out of. But UH coach Todd Buchanan said after the game, this is the best game they played so far this year. This you know they lost in the preseason to. Uh, in NAIA school, so that I'm counting that as part of their poor performances. So give them credit for playing well versus the 16th ranked ranked Aggies. U of H hosts North Texas on Wednesday, trying to get out the snide. I'm kind of looking forward to that game to see how well they play because yeah. they, they kind of stuck it up on the road versus Northwestern State. So the Cougars have a chance to get in the win column Wednesday. Sunday afternoon, there were a lot of Aggies in the Hawthorne Pavilion. Yes, makes, it was a crowd. It was, it was makes noise sense being because made. there are a lot of Houston area players on the Aggie squad, and uh, I'm not going to get into recruiting. But as I just said, there are a lot of Houston area players on the Aggie squad. So, <clears throat> no said. But the Cougars had no answer for Courtney Walker for the Aggies. He had 19 points. She had clutch baskets in the first half and the second half. So, Aggies' offense wasn't a fine-tuned machine, but it did enough to win the ball game. I mean, the Cougars. Cougars started the game shooting four for eight. They made the five, only made five of the, of the last twenty shots in the first half. Mm-hmm. So they went four for eight, then ended up nine for twenty-eight in the first half. So they just could, they just can't make shots. So, um, but my post-game story is on my blog and my website. I'm a, I have a new game article section on the website, HoustonRombardview.com. You can check out. I have rockets have divided up into rocket game articles. And then men and women's college hoop game that I'm able to and privileged to cover with my credentials. So kudos to the Cougars for giving better effort. Because honestly, like I said, I thought they'd get blown out by 20, 30, 40 points. <clears throat> TSU's Jasmine Parker Parker was named SWAC Player of the Week today for the second straight week. Uh, she scored 30 points to help TSU beat HBU on uh, Thursday. Wasn't Thursday. Thursday, and they lost to Rice. Last Monday, and she didn't shoot the ball very well at all in the loss to the Owls. And she's a she's a chucker. I mean, she's not, she's not a shooter. She's a scorer. And honestly, I was at the game in Tudor Fieldhouse Monday between TSU and Rice. I expected TSU to win the ball game. Rice played good defense. They really pressured Devin Parker into taking some bad shots mm-hmm. and not allowing her to get into a rhythm. And the game wasn't pretty. 
as I expected because both teams, neither team is very good when it comes to offense. But the Owls did enough to win the ball game, and they improved to, uh, and it surprised me, they played well, went on Monday versus TSU, and then go on the road and just look awful against McNeese State. They lost 64-54 to McNeese State. And bless their hearts, they're playing Baylor tonight, so we don't even worry about a score. We don't even get destroyed by Lady Bears. But it'll be interesting to see how much of that took place because Texas Southern actually hosts McNeese State right. this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You kind of see the relationship of those teams kind of playing each other at different locations and playing uh, each other with Rice and Texas Southern to see if there's kind of nervousness or home field advantage, those kind of things. But kudos to the Tiger Nation for being in the house in Tudor Fieldhouse. There were many more TSU supporters there than there were Rice Owl supporters. It was loud. Um, attendance maybe being, I want to say maybe four or five hundred people. It wasn't a lot, but there was a majority. Four hundred eighty-four fans were in in Tudor Fieldhouse to watch the game. Which is for a non-conference game. But that's more than what Rice yeah. averaged last year. Yeah. So and that's that's here. a lot. That's a lot. Um, right now, at a media timeout, it's uh, Texas 60. This is on women's basketball. No, it's, no, it's men's basketball. I'm sorry. Uh, Texas is 63. HBU 38. Uh, UT is out rebounding them in the second half, 11 to 4. Uh, it's not good. That's to be expected. You know, HBU um, men are 1 and 1. They beat Crowley, Crowley's Ridge last week. 35-61, which is not quite the same level of talent as the Texas Longhorns, despite the Longhorn struggles. Um, Crowley Ridge. Yeah, exactly. You've never heard of that. <laughs> no. See, I don't even know what, that, what level of play that is, but but the HBU women be a bounce back after losing to TSU on Thursday to beat Southern Utah, 88-77, and they're 2-1, and they play Sam Houston on uh, the 19th. So we have now, some good basketball here in the area. PV women, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Last two games, let's see, on the 13th, they lost A&M 76-27. On the 17th, they lost to Florida State 88-37. So, uh, and, and that PV is the preseason pick to win the swag. Well, got a scoreboard and combined 64 points in two games, so you want to get that Things done like well, if that. you want to get a chance to see what Jackson State looks like early, hold on, you got a new coach. I got to get this in on <laughs> the local team <laughs> prayer. You got a new coach, and so she's the interim coach at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is a facet of the competition. This competition because they also I think they played Baylor, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're zero three. So it's not like they played, you know. Who shot down? They lost to Rice, uh, Prairie View 7. That's right, they lost to Rice in, in, the, in the whole opening. That's right. Number 16 A&M, which we uh, accustomed to and understand that 76-27. Florida State is not ranked, but uh, obviously BCS uh, terminology, if you would, major program, 88-37. They play uh, Stephen F. Austin on the 30th, which is obviously more of a peer institution. You might get some semblance to see uh, whether she's able to get the ladies to stay strong and fight through this and still be reckoned with in the conference. Now, the PV men lost in double overtime to Sam Houston 108-103. And that was a uh, campus game. So, so kudos yep. for Sam Houston mm-hmm. coming down there, first of all. Yep. 
because uh, that doesn't always happen. Kudos to the coach from getting it down there. But that's one you want to win, losing in double overtime. That's a tough one. They were up uh, at the half, allowed Sam Houston State to close back in uh, to tie it, and then it just went into double overtime, kind of lost it. Uh, biggest difference I've seen in that game, uh, both teams shot uh, uh, high 40 50% from the um, field and then 3% three-point line, excuse me, uh, but the difference seems to be uh, the percentage from the foul line with the Panthers shooting around 67%. Got to make your free throw. Got to make your free, free, free throw. And TSU men, they're in action right now as we speak during this podcast. They're also a part of the Legends Classic. They're playing Texas Tech in Lubbock, trying to break a two-game losing streak. Tigers went to Florida and lost. They lost yeah, 84-69 to Miami and then 76-8 to Florida International. And the tough one was Florida International. They lost that by two points, 80-78. And again, free throw uh, was a major difference in that game. They had them early, uh, similar to what they did with Miami. Miami had the bench to be able to get back in that game and get it done. They pulled away from them, but that Florida International game was definitely a winnable game that uh, will frustrate uh, coaches uh, in terms of not being able to find a way to get that done. Again, they lost that uh, by two, but uh, free throws, Going down the stretch did not go in their favor. It'd be something to keep your eye on. And Rice is on the road for the next two weeks. Um, they go to Texas A&M Corpus Christi Rice on Men. Rice Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesday and Saturday they play Princeton. And the Owls are coming off a three-point loss at A&M in College Station, sixteen sixty-five on the fifteenth. So. You know, Which I, that's an interesting game. We, I'm we, not sure what that says about either team because I'm not sure how good Texas A&M right, is, right. and I'm not sure how good Rice is. Rice lost to Southeastern Louisiana 68-62 last Tuesday, so then a few days later to, to go to A&M and uh, only lose by three. So as Wildcat touched on, they go to Corpus Christi, uh, the one or two, that's on Wednesday. So we'll see against former Owls head coach. Willis Wilson, so I'm sure he'll have a some motivation Absolutely. to be his former em- employer. So there's some good basketball being played in and around Houston area. Uh, led by the Cougars on the men's side, 4-0. I still believe a Cougars number one team in the area. Take TSU men number two. And then with PV struggling, I'm not sure where to rank them with PV, Rice, and HBU, uh, 3, 4, and 5. But yeah, you know, I think you'd right. I'd rank Prairie uh three Houston Baptist underneath that if you had home home series and mm-hmm. you give the edge to Prairie. But we'll let it play out. We 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 will indeed, and we're gonna talk some Rockets um, during this podcast. And of course, everybody, you are listening to a KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast. I am KG, and um, thank you as always for listening. Rockets had an an interesting week. On the court and off the court. Off the court, Omer Ashik, in so many words, said he wants to be traded. He, uh, his agent has to say, because, you know, really, if the player says it, he comes out and says it, he will be fined by the NBA, really, in no uncertain terms for requesting a trade. But defense is still a rumor, you know, for them. They, <laughs> they blew a big lead to Toronto, came back and won 110 104 last Monday. Lost to the short-handed Philadelphia 76ers 
123 to 117. Amazing. And then the next night, one in New York beat the Knicks 109 106. And then Saturday, put it to the Denver Nuggets 122 to 111. So clearly, scoring points is not a problem for the Rockets. Stopping the opponent enough is still a problem for the Rockets. This week, they have the the Celtics, the young Celtics coached by Brad Stevens from Butler on Tuesday in Toyota Center. Then Wednesday at Dallas, the game will, will be on, on national TV on ESPN. Thank goodness because as a road game, I couldn't see it any other way because I don't have that uh, local network. And then Saturday, they play the Kevin Love-led Minnesota Timberwolves coached by Rick Adelman. I think that game will be very, very entertaining to see Kevin Love and his diverse skills inside and outside go against Dwight Howard and um, the Rockets. But Terrence Jones is now in the start lineup for the Rockets to power forward. Replacing Omer Isaac, who played four minutes only against the Philadelphia, didn't play at all against the Knicks, and did not show up for the game against the Nuggets because apparently he was sick, or <clears throat> quote-unquote sick, and went home. But apparently he and his teammates talked to him over the weekend, and he showed up practice on Monday, and he's he's got to make good to improve his trade value if he wants to be dealt. So it's better for him and the Rockets that he's productive. It'll be easier for him to be dealt uh, mid-December once the contacts are guaranteed. The guys great to sign during the offseason. Uh, those salaries will be equal value. So in December, it'll be easier for the Rockets to get better value for him then than now. But we all knew when Dwight became a Rocket. Omer's days as a Rocket were numbered, whether they were in the offseason or by trade deadline in February. So that, it's not a surprise. I don't blame him. He was on the bench, came off the bench when he was with the Bulls, started with the Rockets last season, played well. But as a professional, you want to start. If you think, especially if you started last season and did a good job, you want to start again. Right. So I don't blame him for that. You know, everybody's saying, man up, man up. You know, you're getting paid. You're still getting paid regardless. But you should also, at some point, want to respect the player to start and produce. So so I think fans have a little bit of hypocrisy when it comes to that. You know, say, well, you know, just man, you're getting paid regardless. Well, you should be glad that he, he wants to start. But he and Dwight don't fit. That's the biggest problem right there. They don't fit. They don't complement each other well enough to be on the floor at the same time. So I think Kevin McHale finally realized that. That's why I inserted Terrence Jones in the start lineup. Greg Smith is back. He's banged up. Donatus Mona Eunice played well against the Nuggets offensively. That's where he is. He's a, he's an offensive person. He's, he's not much of a defensive uh, contributor at all. But Jeremy Lin, 31 points. Uh, I want to say 12 assists against Philadelphia. He played well against what, Toronto. He played well against uh, Philadelphia in, in their loss. Played well against the Knicks. When, when James Harden was battling injuries. Chandler Parsons is going through back problems. He, so he struggled. He wasn't even sure he played last week, but he played through it. So Rockets are dealing with some nagging injuries. They're dealing with some inner turmoil. And we're only, what, 10% in, into the season. So If that much. <laughs> but that's okay. It's part of what it is. And there's Wildcats, sir. Yep. I'm listening. Are there, are there butts in the seats? Or are there people disguised as seats in uh, <laughs> 
and you know Toyota what? Center. I'm going I'm to I'm say this. I don't know what's going on with the, the, the buying public, but me personally, if I'm paying a thousand dollars for a for a, for a ticket, I'm not showing up late. I'm not showing up at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the first quarter, at the middle of the first quarter, at the beginning of the second quarter, or the third quarter, or the beginning of the fourth quarter. If I'm paying a thousand dollars for a seat, we leaving the house on my time, and we getting there ahead of time. You standing outside the door, waiting to go in, and get sit down and get me a comfortable seat. I'm not gonna be walking over somebody every time I look up. Or somebody, I don't, I don't, it bothers me when people get there late and want to walk over me, get to a, to a seat now, you know, in the, in the middle. So now I buy, when I do buy tickets, I buy them in the middle of the, uh, the seating section only because I don't want people walking over me in front of me. And, you know. And Toyota Center on Rocket Games, the seats are empty all over. Yep. It's not like it's just the lower level, the money seats. The upper level. We're talking about ten, fifteen dollars. Are empty. They they may be purchased according to the Rockets announcing sellouts. And that's like that, they did Saturday. That's how they're again. doing it. That's how they're doing but it. But they're not butts in the seats. So it looks bad for T V. So if the seats are sold, okay. So be it. I don't see it. I'm taking pictures, posting them on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and I get responses, Hey man, this this is a football town. You know, are you going to, I had one friend ask me, are you, are you going to post these pictures every game? Yes, I sure am. Because until I see butts in the seats, I'm going to post the pictures until they're actual butts in the seats. If you don't like it, that's fine. That's on you. But hey, I just, it bothers. I, I know teams do it. I know teams have done it for years. Hell, I know the comments used to now sell out and WBA used to now sell out. Well, not sell out, but attendance of seven, 8,000 people at games. It, Ain't no way in hell. <laughs> I mean, people at basketball game. That's what they do. So that's just me. Purchase tickets versus actual or or tickets given away to a charity, you know, something like that. And you know, that it, even well. when, but even when that happens, but those those, are, those folks don't show up on on time. You know, well, they, I think they, I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, you look that, at more of the business platform in terms of. Sport management. When we look at those issues, I would be, I would like to know how does this reflect in terms of Texas versus the Mavericks and Spurs, the Southern Region, East versus West, the Midwest. How do these factors? Is this an NBA issue? Is it a regional issue? Is it more of a local issue? Secondly, when you look at those issues, some questions that just kind of come up quickly which is nothing I don't think we can necessarily answer, but just to give people some thought process of what's going on here is also the fact uh, beginning of the season type issue. Does this start to transition and change middle of the season to the end of the season as people transition from the football fix into a basketball? So is it a seasonal issue uh, and those kind of things? I will Not to say that it's an excuse for one way with your frustration, which is well-deserved, but just to really figure out what are some of the real issues that are going on. I will say this, though. We're in the middle of uh, high school football playoffs right now. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I hadn't checked and all that. It's, and I'm, so I'm going to just throw this out there. Wildcat, are you saying high school football is more popular than Rockets? Yes. 
Yes. Case closed. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I just got a report from the Street Smith and Business Journal that showed that sports tend to be more locally driven, particularly at the high school level, and that high school business uh, that people don't recognize attributes a larger percentage than college and um, professional sports combined. So that's something to think about when you look at that issue. So that's a true fact. We just something that we look over. You know, because uh, Katie played this past weekend. I don't know whether they were scheduled for Thursday or Friday night, but I mean, uh, Friday or Saturday night. But the fact of the matter is, those uh, high school football here in this area, it brings about a different <coughs> a different point of view at home. Wildcat, see, why did you have to bring up or touch on the fact Katie because played that is and a, shut out Madison? An HISD school, I believe the final score was 70, 70 to nothing. 0. Yep, that was it. Well, that was it. HISD outside of maybe Lamar, Bel Air to some degree, was in the foot, football group. And they got slammed around this weekend, too. They didn't get beat to death. They no, beat. no, they got beat. But well, that's uh, different. I can understand everybody, you play off, you're supposed to have high competition. So yeah. I can understand you getting beat. There's a difference between getting beat and beat to death. 70 to 0, that's embarrassing. But just to give you some more of those marketing facts quickly, as you know, I like to try oh, to show yeah, off. I to told you about that. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Basketball and football fan audience, this is a report coming out of uh, the Sports Business Journal, uh, just so people understand the sources. HTM, which is home team marketing, suggests that over 2.5 more fans uh Basketball and football, in terms of audience, 336 million to professional and college combined, I alluded to 133 million. Let you know that 91% of consumers are likely to switch brands to one that supports a good cause, given similar market prices and quality. So you think about the price difference between college, now professional, obviously, and high school. If they're the same price in their switch, you know the difference in pricing. So you're just looking at people's pricing concerns. So even though the product may be good or the professional thing, some people just don't believe in spending that type of money you're referring to. High school audience, uh, 52 split, oddly enough, between women, I think, was surprising people. 52% men, 48% women. One last thing I'll give out to you is there's 510 million fans that attended the top 16 high school sports. Folks, I'm going to say this. And then I'm gonna let it go. Uh, you can bounce around, but it's the and the, the people that are, the community that is, that's involved. It means a lot to them. Katie will have a second football facility coming up. It'll just be a matter of time. Who's gonna pay for it? It's the Katie community will have a second football stadium up. Well, I asked you because didn't they vote it down? They voted something down, didn't Katie they? Katie yeah, they community. Voted it down. So I don't know what you were saying. Basically, what I'm saying is, even though it was voted down, it will happen because they've got uh, they've got four high schools that are getting ready to, to come online. One, I think, is coming online next year. But then how it, how you losing this? It's not going to be tax based because they can't do that. I I said they they can't. But from the, you talking about private businesses, you believe somewhere going? along the way they are, they're going to get somebody to help them. Private uh, businesses. Um, it have to be from the private sector. Manufacturing, uh, another factory, ma manufacturing company coming out in that community 
will help them get signage or sponsor it to get that done. Well, we'll look to see if that happens. That's an in- interesting thing there because, like just, I said, I'm just saying. Surprising to some is that it got voted down. And, 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 and trust me, it's, it. I was too. And the folks that I've been in communication with notice that uh, that stay out in that, in that area that's involved, uh, not so much with the stadium, but with the uh, community itself. They were ba- they were really distraught that it didn't happen this first time around, and they know they need a new uh, facility out there. I uh, just, uh, but I think what got them was the same thing that what happened here in, inside the city, the big number, the sixty-nine million, instead of finding a way to break it down to where everybody would understand it per uh, person or per tax, you know, home uh, uh, real estate. Uh, uh, home tax. However, it's broken down with eight dollars, five dollars, uh, a home that will be needed to get that done. I think it's more of a referendum of the Houston area people in terms of their relationship with sports as compared to the Dallas region. Oh, I know, I know it's totally a different. Greater level of fanatics uh, that support sports at a higher level in Dallas than in Houston, and you have a hotbed of sports fans, but it's just not at the level uh, compared to Dallas, which was the last multi-million, almost $60 million facility, and this would have outdone that. And I think the people were just hesitant and said, no, we don't believe that you should spend that type of money on athletics and students, which is surprising because usually in the suburbs, one thing that usually people can agree upon are bonds that are set for True. young people and students, True. but when they associated this directly with sports, usually something that is enough to get people to get on board uh, didn't do it. So it'll be interesting to kind of follow this trend-wise to see if this is something that will continue to move forward, which to me is actually a huge surprise. I'm just saying. Let's wrap it up, Doc. My folks, of who you are and how they can get in touch with you, sir. I'm Dr. Kenyatta Caville, a professor of sport management here at Texas Southern University. So this last part of the discussion, along with the data, is something that intrigues me and that I love, just to keep you on top of it. But you can follow me. I write papers on these issues, give speeches, and obviously lecture classes on the business of sport. I'm just just not a fan. I'm also a practitioner, if you would suggest, and a researcher about sport management. You can find me... Uh, on the social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-E-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. I love to travel in general, but I also travel to get my research out there, do reports and presentations, and that has literally taken me all over the world from Nigeria, uh, Canada now, back in throughout the states, also as well as the Caribbean. So I'll continue to do that, try to keep my in fans and just loyal listeners to this podcast in particular informed and again you can reach me with regular reports in terms of hbcu top 10 mid-major and major as we transition from football to basketball we include the women so now you get a men's and women's report uh, for those ladies out there that follow their basketball teams as well as the men that do that grunt work as well again that's at onandon.com that's 
www.onnidan.com as well as tspnsports.com and for the football uh, reviews on Thursday you can find that at the collegesportingnews.com Wildcat Pocket Folks find you sir you can find me across the net at Twitter Blogger YouTube and online kingsizeview.com edition of King Size View. And that is it for the Wildcat today, sir. Alrighty. It's, it's a somber mode, but it it is what it is. It's and I, I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. My website is www.houstonroundballreview.com on YouTube at Houston Round Ball Review, Instagram Houston Round Ball Review. Got a Facebook fan page, Houston Round Ball Review Facebook fan page. I'm on Twitter at T H E H R Review. Thank you as always for listening and continue listening because we, at some point soon, we'll have a a big announcement to make. Uh, all, three away us, all three of us uh, are have uh, working toward. I think you'll you'll like it and appreciate it. I think it'll help uh, give us another outlet and a way to interact with our our listeners. We didn't touch on it too much this time, but <clears throat> excuse me, we're still looking for sponsors of the podcast, and as always, to help us uh, help us grow and help the sponsor grow as well. Sponsors grow, look more than one. Never put a limit on how many sponsors we want for the podcast, but uh, you can contact any one of us about uh, sponsoring the podcast. On wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true. Be cool and do more.